What's going on, everybody? Welcome and welcome back. This is Real Reality Realness with Sean Ellis Rogers, the podcast where I, your host, Sean, dive deeper into reality television than most people watching feel is necessary and ask all the questions about what they don't want out. Today, we're diving into the real reality of Chance J. Chance, from the upcoming season of G-Status ATL Hustle, joins me on the pod today to tell me the story of his music and how his best friend Montel convinced him to get on the mic. We discuss his journey to and through reality TV, the lessons he's learned from the come up and the changes he made before G-Status, his goals in music, his goals in television, and so much more. Lock in while I clock in, because Chance and I are about to get into it. Right. Chance, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for taking my call. How are you feeling? I'm great. Uh, It's cold outside, but I'm home now, so it's even better. Thanksgiving's coming up. I'm I'm in the holiday spirit, so I'm chilling. Love that. What are you most looking forward to for Thanksgiving this year? Uh... Well, unfortunately, my mom said she will not be cooking this year. Um, so, I don't know. Something, somebody food, whoever house I go to, I got to look up to see if somebody makes some good food because I don't know. I can't <laughs> figure it out. I got so many invitations and stuff, but um, we're supposed to be moving. Um, my mom just purchased a house out here in Atlanta, so... Congratulations. She won't be cooking. Oh, well, you know, moving on to bigger and better things. Y'all gonna have a bigger Thanksgiving next year in the new house. So, or Christmas, rather, that is right around the corner. Yeah, I hope so. Shit, I will. If I got to make it my damn self (laughs) at this point, (laughs) I know that's right. So tell me, when did you fall in love with reality TV? Uh... I would say probably ever since middle school, like eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, the fir- first reality show I've ever watched was Bad Girls Club, and I was right. just like, oh, "Okay, this is this is different." Like I didn't know, you know, because I'm I'm like a nerd on the low nobody knows this so I'm like into like the anime and video games so when I watched TV and saw like oh there's this show they have these people fighting each other (laughs) in a house and I'm like okay this is interesting then um I soon later on found out about stuff like mob wives and basketball wives and you know all these different shows went back watch flavor of love so i just i just you know fell in love with it from there that people kind of started a business of entertaining the public off of people just being themselves sometimes <laughs> sometimes is the right. imperative word here what shows are you watching now um honestly 
I don't I don't really watch reality TV no more like I used to. Um, I feel like it's not as authentic as it used to be. Before, I felt like everybody was more like down to earth and grounded and actually being themselves. But I've seen it's they've taken the reality out of reality TV. It's it's all about the the theatrics and the performances and the the drinks flying and everything now. So it's just not the same anymore. It's it's getting real watered down. So I just I, I don't even watch TV like that to be honest. I'll catch the Zeus shows maybe to see the uh, you know altercations because I'm a little ghetto sometimes but other than that <laughs> um, I don't I don't watch reality TV no more okay that's fair was there a reality star from the golden age of reality TV for you that made you feel confident enough to want to pursue reality TV for yourself um hmm. I would say I would say Chrissy from Chrissy from Love and Hip Hop New York. Good one. Um, yeah, I, I just always respected her her energy. It wasn't too much, but it, it was enough for us to be entertained. You know, she just kind of has this energy like what you see is what you get. I'm not changing it for nobody. She was very um, unapologetic with how, you know, she conveyed herself on camera to the audience. And I just respected how real she was. And I feel like, unfortunately, with that, you know, she got viewed as a bully at times or whatever. But I, I understand more so now being into it, you know. Um, so that that was the one that I just I love watching her or anything. Love that. So, yeah. Now I know, now I know that you mentioned how you don't really watch reality TV anymore because it's all about the theatrics and the shows and the things and you know people wanting to get a scene and a moment and go viral. But mm. when you were watching reality TV, did you prefer reality TV that was more aspirational or that was more relatable? Um, relatable for me. Uh, my my biggest thing when I stepped on to a platform was, you know, a lot of these shows, especially web series or whatever, it, they they try to just showcase this glitz and glamour. Where I feel like a lot of people's lives aren't even like that, even if it appears as such on camera or on Instagram. So my biggest thing was I wanted to be that person who wasn't like, you know, the celebrity hairdresser or the the makeup <laughs> artist. I didn't mind being the per you know, the the regular degular dude who wanted to go to college and, you know, had a regular nine to five and just, you know, was placed in this circle of people and seeing how I can conduct myself in the midst of that. Um, because I feel like it's it's a lot of people, a lot of young people that watch and take inspiration from these personalities that they see on TV. And I would never want any of these people to feel like, oh, I'm, I'm not enough because I don't have 300K followers on Instagram or I, I'm not talented because I can't rap or I can't do makeup or I, I don't have the best name brand clothes or cars or whatever. So I definitely appreciate when things are more relatable because it's, it's more down to earth. You know, everybody 
don't live that lifestyle. That lifestyle is kind of out of the norm. That's why they classify us as, you know, the normal people, quotation marks, and the celebrities and the, the Instagram influencers and such. One million percent. Now, speaking of rap, when did music come into play for you? Music has always been um, a thing for me as far as like spiritually. Uh, as far as me actually writing music, uh, it came within the past few years because my, my favorite subject in school and college and stuff was like always literature and writing papers and stuff. So one day, you know, I used to, you know, start out writing my little poems and stuff. And one of my friends was like, do you think maybe you could take, you know, that same technique that you have for poems and kind of like put that on a beat? You think you can make that into a song? Um, so I, I had a friend. Well, still my friend um, Montel. He's from Chase in Atlanta. Shout out to him. Um, Shout out to Montel. Killer. Yes, love him, you know. Yes. Um he, I came down to Atlanta and he put me in the studio to see what I could do. And you know, from there I was like, okay, boom, I, I want to get into music. Um, so yeah. That's kind of how it came about. Do you remember the first rap you wrote? Uh the first rap I wrote. I had to be in high school. Um, And it was always kind of like listening to my stuff now and reading over my stuff, my notes now, I definitely, you know, changed my style of writing. I feel like before my style of writing was more of a spoken word thing and I kind of had to transfer that to be in song form, you know? you know, you gotta have the 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 hooks or the chorus and whatever, whatever. It, it kind of has kind of has to have this catchiness to it, as mm-hmm. opposed to a uh, spoken word. I feel like you're just painting a story, you're painting a message. So I'm trying to learn how to, you know, mix that together and kind of get the perfect vibe to to match my sound that I would want to be known for. I love that. How active were you in the spoken word thing? Um, very much so. I, I always was in some type of speech class, or um, I was in a poetry club in school. Um, something that always had to do with writing and, and speaking out. I was always in it. That was just my thing. Hate math, you know, not a science person. <laughs> so uh, I always just leaned into that role sure what's your top five top five what well rappers mm-hmm. mm, good question uh who okay top five i'm sorry i know this is gonna sound so cliche but number one <laughs> you're in a safe space you know nikki like yeah she she's the one um i feel like there's a difference between artists and rappers and i feel like she's she's definitely an artist that can rap her ass off so she's number one for me um 
Number two, I would say J. Cole. Nice. Love me some J. Cole. Uh, he sets the vibe. I love old Drake. The new Drake, Damn. I could tell. He, he, you know, he's just chilling. You know, he's just popping his shit, popping his bottles on the tracks, whatever. He just, at this point, he just want the coins, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but let's see. Nikki, J. Cole, Drake. Um, who else I could always listen to? Eh, I don't know. I love me some Biggie. I got a lot of Biggie. And let's Dude. see. The last one. Um Jada Kiss. I... Jada Kiss is is lit. Like he's he's lit lit. Like I be I still listen to a lot of his stuff. I just appreciate everything about him as a as a rapper. He's lit. So yeah, those would be my top five. Very nice top five. Very nice top five. Do you have a consistent feeling you want people to get from your music? Um, I def what I would want people to take away is to be able to. I would want my music to allow people to go to a place in their head and kind of me speaking on what I'm talking about, but I want them to see it. Like, I want them to be able to paint a picture. Mm. Um, I feel like the best music is hypnotizing. The best music, you know, has you in your own world. It has you drawing and painting pictures in your head. Like, the best music is when you you know that song you want to run to, you could just put your earplugs in. And you don't hear nobody else. You don't see what's going on. You, you're walking, you jam into it. You might bump into a wall or a pole. Like that's that's the type of feeling to give someone when they listen to my music. I want them to just, you know, be thoroughly entertained and enticed by it that everything else don't matter. Like this my song. I don't care what y'all talking about. I don't care if I'm, if I'm at work, if I'm cooking, I'm listening to my shit. Read that. Very that. What's your writing process like? Writing process. Okay, boom. Writing process is finding a beat, of course. I'm very picky with my beats. Um, Once I find a correct beat, I actually like to listen to the beat and put timestamps on every time, like, you know, the beat changes. Cause of course, if the beat changed, that calls for a flow change, you know, or mm-hmm. how I would kind of, you know, run through it. So once I get all my timestamps together, I do this thing that people actually do on songs, mumble rap. I feel like when you mumble through the beat, it kind of gives you a gist of what flow you can go for on the beat. Mm-hmm. So you don't really have to say anything, but you know, you can see like, okay, I could I could talk like this here, I could talk like this there. And then from there, it's the writing process. Um, another thing that I like to do before actually getting in the studio is I'll use, uh, I think it's, the little voice recording thing on the phone. I'll mm-hmm. play the song and then I will rap over that. 
just so by the time I get to the studio, I remember everything, you know, so it's, it's not as hard to uh, get through it. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I try to make it as simple as possible because writing can be tedious, especially if you're like an up and coming um, artist. You're always second guessing, like, is this is this good? Like, is this lit? Does this go together? So, yeah. How many times have you rewritten a verse be- before you've recorded it? Um, hmm. Eh. Actually, I never really had to rewrite a verse. Um, hey. It will be like little changes here and there. Um, if I don't like how something sounds or if I go in and it's just too much in one breath or whatever, because I know they have like punch ins and punch outs. But the mm-hmm. thing is with that, like if let's say if I came out with a song and I plan to perform it later on in life or something, I can't punch in and punch out at a performance, you know, at least I wouldn't want to. So yeah. I always take that into consideration. But I usually, I don't, yeah, I don't, um, I just choose not to. Not to say like every verse I write is just top tier to where I, I shouldn't. But me personally, I don't feel like um, I have to rewrite it, I guess. Just little hey. tweaks here and there. That makes sense. What's the best bar or the best verse you've written so far? Um, this is for a, a unreleased song. Um, me and Montel from Chasing Atlanta, we did it. It's actually a my well half of my verses on my Instagram. I posted it, but we never put it out. We plan to revisit it, but um, it was for a song called Grit. And it was actually my first time ever recording in the studio. And mm. and everybody, you know, they 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 loved it. They were surprised. Um, so it, it was a line I said that got people when I said, uh, you niggas is bland and I'm well seasoned, call me Mr. Dash. Everybody was like, ooh, that was cute, you know. So um just yeah, listen to I, that I on your so Instagram a few minutes ago. Yeah, so everybody that kind of gave people like a little thing like, oh, okay, this is something you can do, you know? Um, So lately, ever since then, I've just been working on my writing. I don't want to jump out the cage, you know, if I don't feel like it's nothing to work with. I don't want to sound like every other rapper, you know? So, yeah. So let's move on to reality TV. Tell me about your journey to G Status ATL Hustle. How did all of this come together? Oof. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, I I started out on Gemini Films. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this show called The Come Up New York. Uh, the demographic. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about it, so I wasn't going to mention it. But oh, that's yeah, where I originally found you from. I was like, this a nigga from Come Up New York. 
no, we could if if you want to, you know, act. We could definitely get into that. I don't, I don't have no punches. Well, let's go all the way back then. Yeah. Um. So you want me to start from there? Yeah. Go back to uh, how did you get to the the uh, come up? How did that experience go? We can um talk about that, and then we can jump into G status later. Okay. Cool. So, uh, I was actually talking to someone or whatever and they were watching the come up so i was looking at it and i'm like oh okay because mind you like i said i was a nerd i was kind of under a rock so i was like oh they have like reality shows on youtube i'm like of course they don't look of the quality on tv but this is dope like they got the green screen and everything so Mm -hmm. um I was looking at it or whatever, and I actually became best friends with uh, Ken um, from season one of Come Up New York. Shout out to him. Yes. Love him. Um, so we became best friends, and he was on there. It was after like, it aired and everything. And everybody was like, ooh, I think you should try out. And I was like, I don't really know. But they was like, you know, like your personality is different. It's it's more chill. It's more laid back. Um, you have like kind of like this awkward weirdness to you that would be so different in a group where everybody's like so, you know, like pitched and, and polished and trying to look all dib and dabber. You kind of just, you, you just yourself so i was like okay let me try out for it um reached out to karan wilson who's the person that runs it or whatever and shout out to karan yeah shout out to karan um for putting me on and yeah he he was like okay i'm gonna I'm let you film a scene and we'll see how it goes and boom filmed the scene and i was i guess i was on there uh it it happened pretty pretty fast um i honestly feel like i didn't know what i was getting myself into Mm -hmm. um and and that's not at all a bad thing uh it's brought a lot of great people into my life a lot of great opportunities so that's how i ended up on there i literally just tried out he was like yeah come on let's go nice and tell the people how long you were on that show and why did you end up leaving so i was on the come up new york for two seasons season two and season three um it was just a lot going on i could definitely admit my my mind and my spirit was definitely way different years ago um, I'm 25 now. I joined the show when I was 21. Uh, it was different. Like, I actually thought I was going to be on there and, you know, make friends. And I'm thinking in my head, like, oh, my God, this is going to be an experience. We're going to share forever, whatever, whatever. But then mm-hmm. I, I I, didn't take it for what it was. I didn't. I, I just thought it was like, oh, yeah, let's get on here. Let's be entertaining. Let's make a show by being ourselves when this is actually an opportunity to promote yourself, promote some type of business or or craft or message. And I didn't grasp that during that time. You know, that wasn't my focus. I can say that. 
Um, I just feel like the platform that crowd just didn't have my my best interests. Um, and I felt like, you know, I was really passionate about things that was going on. Um, it was it was bringing me supporters. It was bringing me new friends and stuff. So I actually love filming the show. Uh, me and Karan, you know, we had a bit of a disagreement and I just felt like it, you know, it just wasn't the place for me anymore. I understand that. Now, how did you end up in Atlanta from New York? Uh, ooh. So, I was born in Brooklyn when I was 11. Yeah, Brooklyn, Red Hook, Brooklyn. Shout out to them over there, even though I'll probably never go back. But, um... I was born in Brooklyn. I stayed in Brooklyn till I was about, what, 11. My mom, she wanted to move out of, you know, New York or whatever. It was a lot going on. She was pregnant with my brother. Um, so she she just felt like New York wasn't the place she wanted to raise her children. So I ended up moving to uh, uh, Stone Mountain, Georgia, which is like what, 15, 20 minutes from Atlanta. Stayed out here, absolutely hated it at the time. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I, I had to go. I, as soon as I graduated high school, I moved to New York for college. Um, I tried college for like two years, it just wasn't hitting for me. Um, I like psychology that was my major still still if i was to go back i would still take it up uh and then after six years of being in new york i just felt like you know i'm I'm more into myself into my spirituality into my my mindset i just feel like i needed new york for that moment of time to kind of like roughen up around the edges and gain some independence away from my family and i was like all right it's time to go back to Atlanta because I, I started visiting Atlanta and I love it here. It's like, it's just so lit. So many people from the community. It's just, it's everything. I love it out here. Like that. Now, how did that lead to you now coming into G status? Now that you've had the experience in New York, you've been loved you've gotten supporters all things were great and then you're like okay i need a change and of all places you come to atlanta how do you now end up in the place where you're like okay new city new Uh, set um okay so boom um there was this thing that we did online called uh surviving gemini films or whatever back in my more bitter days you know, I'm a little more chilled out. But about a year ago, <laughs> we did this thing called Survivor Gemini Films. Um, and it it sparked up a lot of conversations and attention or whatever. So I actually got offers from um, two different people, two different shows. And I was like, okay, because I once I did Survivor Gemini Films, I'm like, oh, my God. It, I'm done. Like, 
I ain't doing no more shows. None of these other uh, productions gonna work with me. It's it's clip, you know. And then you know, I got these DMs and I got an offer. One of the offers was from KL Allen, of course. Shout out to him. Shout um, out KL. Yeah, shout out to KL. And the show that he sent me at first was not G Status. It was another project um, that I'm very excited about. But very nice. You know, we we started you know chatting and whatever, whatever, and we actually built like a really good uh, rapport with each other. And he actually told me straight up. He was like, "Look, Chance." When I first saw you on the Come Up New York, I could not stand your ass. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, he definitely let me know. Like, he was like, I could not stand you. But he was like, knowing you now, like, you're so, like, you're you're so cool. Like, it's crazy or whatever. Um, so when I told him I was moving to Atlanta, uh, I was like, well, what's up? Like, we got the other little project that we going to work on, but what, what's going on with this? Because, like, I'm all with it. And he was just like, okay, let's go. Let's do it. So, shout out to KL. He's been really great. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome producer. I just, I, I can't wait till the rest of the world can see that. He's been quite of a mentor to me through all of this. So, uh, shout out to KL dope dope guy big shout out to him i had him on the show recently and we had an amazing conversation and i was like i've been a fan of yours since day one i've watched g status from day one episode one so it's exciting to see all the things that is going on for you guys in the show now so i'm extremely happy for you guys Yes, it's it's lit. I was like, okay. Um, I was like, KL, you done sent my invitation right at the right time. Y'all done jet it off from YouTube. Y'all <laughs> on the Tubi. Um, yes, yeah. I mean, it's G status is definitely a change of pace from the come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I I okay. had my my rowdy moments on the come up, but I, I think now is the best time to be on a platform you know such as g-status because i've definitely matured a bit since i was on the come up and these people over here on g-status they tend to just try your patience to the max Mm -hmm. you know so sometimes i gotta ask god for uh wisdom and not strength because i don't know if i'm gonna use the strength for the right reasons so uh, I'm I'm just happy to, you know, be a part of this uh, G status family. There's it's it's some dope stuff going on over here. I could tell you that. Absolutely. Now, how did your mindset grow or change going from being on reality TV in New York to going into G status? What was your thought process like, and how were you? And what were the things that you were saying to yourself? Okay this is what I'm going to do when I go in. This is what I'm not going to do when I go in. This this is when I, what I want to want to avoid. All that type of stuff. Uh, honestly, I would say watching myself on the come up, I had to, as a realize, I didn't get mad about like any backlash or comments or anything because I showed myself Granted, it was just one part of me, but that's not all of me, you know? And I kind of 
moving on to a new platform, I said I need to not focus on the negative so much. I done focused on the negative on the come up so much that it kind of made me look like a negative person, you know? So I need to go full circle with this new platform. I need to allow them to see me having fun and, you know, getting showing some type of work or talent or or wisdom, you know, speaking life into somebody or something. So I definitely did some, you know, checking myself and not going off on my social media rants all the time. I'm a bit slower to anger now, learning how to have a conversation. Um, the way I, I didn't really grow up around too many people. I was the only child for most of the time. Me and my little brother were like 10 years apart. So the way I was taught was men don't argue. You get what I'm saying? We either have a conversation or we we gonna duke it out or whatever. So I had to kind of learn, like you have to learn how to deal with confrontation. You have to learn how to be able to sit in the same room as someone that you might not like or doesn't wish you well. It's, it's all a part of this business of reality entertainment. So I just had to learn the business side of things. Sometimes, you know, you gotta take a scale back. You can't give too much. Yeah. Especially not all at once. Yeah, not not all at once. <laughs> what percentage of your cast is friends versus the percentage that are just co-workers? To me? To you. <laughs> um, <laughs> this Ooh. is all you, baby. Uh, I will say... Mm, I would say let's go with I would I would call 30% of the cast I will I would call them a friend. 30%. Right. The other ones yeah, they're co-workers or enemies, whichever one you want to call them. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll let you diagnose. You don't have to say names. Uh yeah, so it's just a few of them I just rather not be around. Um, and I don't, I, I feel like I wouldn't call them co-workers either because I feel like for us to be co-workers, we would have to be in the same space of the same caliber, of the same qualifications. And I don't feel the, that about them. So I would say probably like I have some co-workers and then I have underlings, you know? So... Ooh. Yeah, that's that's what I'll say. That's that's all I'm gonna say for that. That uh, okay, okay. I will say a uh, word. <laughs> so, <laughs> which dynamic do you prefer? Do you prefer, do you prefer filming a show with people who are your friends, or do you prefer just coming in, clocking in, getting your check, and going on about your business? Um. Oof. I I'd rather the clock in only because I feel like when you have real friendships on this reality entertainment thing, it really puts your friendships to the test. Everyone becomes so defensive and sensitive once them cameras come on because they don't want to look like they're being shaded and not doing nothing about it or they're being punked or 
wherever the case may be. Um, so I feel like you got to be real meticulous with who you call your friends if you met them from a cast because people will do some crazy stuff for a storyline and for some attention or for, you know, for their little 15 minutes. So I definitely rather film with people where we we all have the same understanding like we're here for a project let's 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 go hard or go home that way uh you know i won't have to get my emotions in there you know i could just do my thing say what i gotta say and go about my business that makes perfect sense now what has been your most intense film? What's been your most intense scene to film to date? Most intense scene to film. Um, probably so far. For me, it would be on the come up. Uh, yeah. there was a episode where we went to a bowling alley or whatever and someone that we were supposed to be friends at the time so I thought um, mm-hmm. they popped up to confront me Ooh. and I didn't know about it so it kind of it, it took me back because I was like, you know, my feelings was a bit hurt, shocked, surprised, and it it was just a situation I was just spiraling out of control. Because part of me wanted to like go crazy, but then it's like, oh my god, this is supposed to be my friend. So um, that was the first time I could say like I actually walked away from somebody on the show like I, I i walked away from a confrontation I, I that's when i was throwing my hands up i done took my mic off i done because when you uh build relationships with these people on these shows and then stuff like that happens it leads you to really question like what's real what's fake mm-hmm. you know um so that you know that kind of put a bad taste in my mouth so i would say that that would probably be the most intense um i will definitely say on g status though it gets it gets a little rough over there sometimes but i can't i can't say i had anything intense yet because i haven't had anything too crazy happen to me um, it's usually happened to the other people, so <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just chilling on the side, eating my food, or texting, or laughing, or something. So that is so yeah. funny. Now, when I've heard you speak about your friendships on the show, I've mostly heard you reference making friends on the show or like building these relationships. You know, once you're already in the show together. Mm-hmm. With the thinking that you have on that, what do you think the chances would be of you bringing like one of your actual friends in your real life on camera? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very high chance. Uh, 
you have the with me i had to grow to be i had to be real with myself um some of these people on this cat on the cast they don't even though they might say they fuck with you and this goes for the come up or g status they might say that they fuck with you but they really don't a lot of these people are cool with people because of what it looks like for them or what's convenient for them at the time and the same thing goes for enemies some people make an enemy out of somebody because it's convenient for them at the time of how things are going to look the attention that it's going to bring um a lot of these people they they treat this like a game you know and what i had to learn was i had to play the game i wasn't treating it as a game i was just treating it as just an experience but when you do that you get attached to people or you take things personal when it's really not a personal thing it's it's just all about winning the game you know getting the, the grand prize at the end and the grand prize for some people is is different it's not the same for everybody um so what I had to learn is my real friendships and in my personal life off camera, those are solidified. So there's mm-hmm. no amount of, of footage, camera time, lights, backdrops that could change that. So I'm definitely, you know, comfortable with bringing like friends and, and family on camera if they're comfortable with it to, you know, show a different side. I can't be a certain way with everybody. It's just not how I work. You know, some people you'll see, they can make me laugh and smile. Then there's other people I'll be sitting there with the straightest face ever because it's like, uh, I don't really fuck with y'all like that. So, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been scared for something to air? Um, Scared? No, nervous. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm nervous all the time with with this stuff. Anytime it's an episode coming out, a trailer, anything, I'm nervous. <laughs> it's always this nervous thing about me. I don't know. Um, I do. For people who have watched me. They might not know, but I do kind of have like a timid side to me sometimes. Certain things like give me anxiety and stuff. So anytime, uh, even going back and watching episodes from the come up or anything, I still get nervous. I don't know. It's just a weird thing that happens. So I've never been scared of anything to air, but I always be nervous. Whether it's something that has to do with me or not, if I'm in the scene, I'm just like, oh my God, covering my face, like what is going on? But um, no, I, I, I hope I never have to be scared of something to air um, in the future. Tell me the difference between filming your first ever scene and what and and how that felt to how you feel walking on set today? Um. Ooh. Walking on set today, and okay, so the come up when I first filmed, I was nervous because it was kind of like the way Karan said it to me was like. You know, like, I want to see how you do, like, what you give or whatever. So mm-hmm. when I first, I was just nervous because I'm like, okay, 
should I say this? Should I say that? Should I be like politically correct? Do I want to say that? You know, it's just like, it's one of those things where you have the freedom to kind of do and say what you want, but then at the same time, you kind of don't because there's consequences to it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Now, the filming style with G-Status is kind of like, once them cameras come on, everybody, you you got to do your thing. Like everybody, everybody gets, they they get into, they, they set, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So it's definitely a bit different um, because there's no, there's no formula to this. The, the camera cuts on and boom, what y'all doing? What's going on? You know? So it's, it's definitely different. I feel like, I'm, I was going to take some more getting used to over here because everybody's just into it. Because fucking around with me, I'll be looking lost in the corner like, uh, what are we talking about? What? Oh my God, they fighting? They throwing drinks over there? What's going on? What are y'all doing? You know, so I I just, yeah, it's, it's definitely different. That's too funny. How do you think G said... How do you think G status stands with and stands apart from the other shows in this queer reality show space on, on the internet? Um, I feel like G status is the most authentic um, out of all of them, honestly. Um, I feel like that's how they stand out with these people. Whether they're trying to be a character or not, it's kind of like what you see, what you get. You're gonna, you're going to see like some, some shit you probably wouldn't see on the other shows. On the other shows, I feel like a lot of people are trying to be all pish posh and polished and trying to give off this perfect image. But I feel like people on this side, they're not afraid to say like, I'm not okay. They're not afraid to say like, my business took a hit. Like, they're not afraid to say like, oh, I, I have like some type of illness and I'm trying to fight through it. So uh, I feel like that's that's what sets G status apart. The people are not afraid to be themselves, um, which I can respect. Um, now, in the way that they're the same, they have drama. Uh, <laughs> That's that's the only way I could feel like it's the same. I feel like there's the stereotype of G status that everyone over here is just so ghetto and ratchet or whatever, whatever. But when you go and look at the other shows, um, every show go on chasings, people hitting people with chairs and throwing drinks and trying to tase people and stuff, and then you go to the come <laughs> up, you know. <laughs> You go to the come up, got getting stomped out at reunions. You, you might see me pop a bitch in the face. Like the the drama is all around, you know. If you ask me, so I feel like that's that's what keeps it the same way. We we all have drama. Like I don't feel like any platform is more ratchet than the other. Nice. Now I remember you saying how when you first started over at the come up you really didn't understand that this could be 
you know, more than just an experience that it, that it could be a platform for your business and, you know, things for you to, you to promote and, you know, turn into something. Mm-hmm. With that thought process and that mindset readjusted, how do you feel that the show has or is going to contribute to the trajectory of your career? Um, I definitely feel like it's going to contribute in a positive way. Uh, I feel like this production, KL, he he's really passionate about his cast and, and capturing, you know, the moments. And I feel like he, he puts an extra foot forward to make sure that we all make smart decisions on camera. Now, we are all grown. So after a while, he will throw his hands up and be like, all right, bitch, fuck it. Y'all do y'all thing. But um, I feel like over here would just be better for me because aside from just wanting me to get crazy and get out of character, there's a desire to show me like in the studio, show me laughing with my friends, show me connecting with family members on camera, show me being me, not just one part of me. So I definitely think uh, moving forward, this this will be great. Of course, I it's it's a 50-50 street, you know. Mm-hmm. He got to film it and I got to give it to him to film, you know. So it's not always on production, but I think together as a team, as a cast, it will be able to help all of us out as long as we make those smart decisions on camera. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of smart decisions on camera, what's the most personal thing you re- you've revealed on camera? Um, probably the most personal thing will probably be on the come up when I talked about my father, you know, kind of disowning me for a, a little while because of my sexuality and me being a caregiver to two of my grandparents one of them having bone cancer the other one you know she it was just of old age she was about like 94 um so yeah that was the most vulnerable i probably got in as far as you know just just me why i moved the way i move i feel like when you're on these shows you have to give your audience some type of context on why your attitude is the way it is, whether it's a positive attitude or negative attitude, so they can understand you. If you're on a show swinging on everybody and going crazy, you know, you have to give them something to understand, well, hey, I've been through this, I've seen these things, I've had this happen to me before, so this is why I react in certain situations. And if you're gonna be a happy person, it's nothing to say, hey, like I view life this way, and this is why I choose to always be a positive, you know, person, keep that good energy around me. So I feel like that's very important um, when being a part of these shows. How much of your new music will will we be hearing on the new season? Being that I came in on the later half, you won't probably hear anything. Mm-hmm. However, um, wait, I don't know if I'm about to say too much. You'll be hearing some more <laughs> music 
from me soon. <laughs> okay. Word. <laughs> Somebody say we ain't gonna get you flagged now. Yeah, I did. Uh, KR already done fired me about a hundred times. Fired and rehired oh. times. So. You know, that's just a little rutted joke. Every time something happened on the platform, you'd be like, uh-uh, I'm blaming Chance. Chance is fired. <laughs> <laughs> that New York shit down here. Lord have mercy. Now, what is the main thing you want to bring to hip-hop and music as a whole? I, I want to bring storytelling back um picture painting back like i want to be able to tug at people's heartstrings i want people to actually feel what i'm talking about um and then if we want to get onto a different roster in terms of uh rappers of the alphabet community you know (laughs) I want to give something different. I feel like a lot of these uh, rappers and artists of the gay community, a lot of them sound the same, you know? Mm -hmm. And not to take away from any of them having talent, because they all do. It's just, I feel like if they put their sound in what they really want to sound like, instead of trying to imitate, you know, a Nicki or a Cardi or a City Girl, I Mm -hmm. think will be respected as artists much more you know everybody's kind of like rapping around the same thing mm-hmm. um so i kind of want to stay in my own lane i don't want to be known as a gay rapper i want to be known as an artist i'm an artist that's what i am i don't i don't want no labels on it i'm just someone who writes art on paper or types it in notes and records it in the studio and put it out for the enjoyment of the public, you know? So, yeah. I, I think wanna, that's the perfect place to be. Yeah, it's like, you you gotta bring yourself. That's what I wanna bring to the to the game, the rap game, if we talk like that. I wanna bring me, myself, Chance. <laughs> Love that. Now, how similar or different is that contribution to hip hop to your contribution to television um I feel like it's very similar um a lot of these people they come on the shows thinking they Tiffany Pollard or NeNe Leakes what happens to being yourself you know what happened to that it's I don't want to be a rehash of somebody you know Mm -hmm. um and when certain people compared me to certain people they saw on TV, it used to be like, oh yeah, you're like a Chrissy. But I didn't take offense to that because that's mm-hmm. what I like watching. Cause she was just herself, you right. know? I'm not trying, I'm not reusing any one-liners from from New York or from Nene or from Phaedra or whatever. I'm I'm staying off the top of my dome what's going on. Cause that's that's the real. We're in the moment. I didn't I didn't rehearse this. You know? So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I feel like it's very much similar. A lot of people are so afraid to be themselves. They're so afraid to be judged and and talked about for stuff that they can't change, unfortunately. And I had to get myself out of that. I'm always going to be me. 
Uh, you know, people be like, oh, I don't like that you, oh, well, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to say what I want. And I'm so sorry. Repent about it later. <laughs> do you have plans for a spinoff at any point? Or your own show um, in general? My own show? Honestly, if I'm being honest with myself, I don't feel like I could carry a show on my own. Um, okay. I feel like I'm... The thing is, when they don't have nothing to do with me, it literally mm. has nothing to do with me. I'm going to be chilling in a corner. I'm not really it one of those be. people that feel the need to interject in like on-camera arguments that don't have nothing to do with me or anything. Now, if I'm asked my opinion, I'll give it. Um, in the confessionals, of course, I have to give my opinion. But, you know, I kind of, I stay to myself. I need to be like, someone got to poke at me to get, get certain things out. Now, if it's just a scene with me and my peoples, that, that's one thing. But to carry out a whole show, no, they'll be asleep because I'll be... <laughs> playing my video games and the camera will be recording <laughs> cut that's it <laughs> i appreciate that honestly not a lot of people are willing to say that I yeah appreciate that. yeah you know the people need to be real with themselves maybe they'll be a lot further on in life but yeah okay do you have your village village like what like circle of people yeah, like your circle, your community, your support system, some people call it. But they say that it takes a village to raise a child. So I just stick with the old school. Yeah, I definitely have my village. Um, I feel like it's it's necessary. It's, it's really a necessary thing. Even though a lot of my village is in New York, you know, I've been making a lot of building a lot of friendships out here that I would definitely add on to my village so I don't know I might have two villages now one in Atlanta one in New York I definitely have it feels like I have I'm growing a family here that's um, great believe it or not like I, I do have good relations with my family but I don't talk to my family every day I literally talk to my friends every day Mm -hmm. um and i kind of got this motto i go by like i don't want friends i want family you know i completely understand that so out here it's it's starting to feel more like, like home because of the relationships i'm building out here if if for any reason i would have turned around and went back to new york it would be for my village in new york because they're just so amazing so I, I definitely have my circle of people that I could run to with whatever and I don't have to worry about no judgment and they're they're gonna take me as I am and I'm gonna do the same for them. So yeah. So glad to hear it. What's the biggest lesson you've learned from reality TV? The world is full of fake ass bitches. That's what I learned. The world is full of the the I would honestly say reality TV, the the web spear or whatever. It's it's crazy. 
it's it's so crazy. The people are so crazy. It's it's so so much unorthodox behavior. Um, you know, I don't know. It, it, people have extracurricular activities and substances that they're into that might play a part in it. But it's, it's a lot. It's a lot going on. And it's so sad, honestly, that there's so many uh, broken spirits and people that need to work on, you know, like their self-esteem and their mental health and and their equilibrium, their balance in the universe. They need to work on all of those things before stepping in front of these cameras. And they they haven't done it. And that's why we, we have... You know, this clusterfuck of crazy people on these shows. Um, so what I learned is people are crazy. People don't need a reason to dislike you. People don't need a reason to turn on you. People don't need a reason to be mean. People are crazy. That's that's the biggest lesson I learned. And I'm so glad I learned it because... Whew, yeah, would have had me in some toe-up situations. <laughs> my last question for you is how do you want to be remembered that is actually a good question a question that I was not ready for um <laughs> how do I want to be remembered Ooh. uh I'm gonna give you a, a temporary answer because I I feel it in my heart. I cannot answer that wholeheartedly right now, but for right now, because I feel like with the new developments and new projects coming up, my my answer may change. But um, for right now, I just want to be remembered for being honest being me being transparent i feel like that's the best thing to be remembered as is yourself you i feel like a lot of these people get upset with themselves because of these shows because the whole time they were working on being someone who they wasn't to you know make everyone else watching happy instead of being themselves and when at the end of the road when that has gotten you nowhere pretending to be somebody that you're not it kind of sucks because it's like damn for all of that i could have just been me you know because at least you know like with me i know if i'm being myself and people follow me and support me and they say like i fuck with you i know you fuck with me because i'm being me on camera as opposed to me being some fake ass bitch and you you like the person that you see but i'm not even that person so you don't even like me for real you know so right. yeah for right now my answer would be being myself being chance i want to be remembered as chance <laughs> as chance <laughs> that worked for basically me. well this has been an amazing conversation i feel like i've learned so much more about you i feel like i've I've gotten to understand you more because I have watched you since you were on the come up and I'm now excited to watch you on G-Status. So I'm very excited for, for season three. I'll, I'll be watching on Tubi. And I appreciate you so much for being here. Thank you for giving me your time today. Yes, thank you. I love one thing about it. I love me a little interview. It makes me feel so special. Like, oh, you want to talk to me? Okay, cool. Let's talk, you know? 
Um, but thank you for uh, having me. Um, I would love to do it again once everything, you know, rolls out and we see everything so we can really get into some stuff because I had to keep it cute on here. But, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, I'm excited um, about everything. I'm excited about just doing this interview. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. The pleasure's been mine. It's an absolute pleasure. My door is always open come back whenever you want to promote something when the new season is ready to air when you have new music that you want to drop if you got things you want to get off your chest (laughs) while the season is airing right my door is always open so and i'll be in touch because once i interview you we're like pseudo friends so i like to you know check in and just see how you're doing so we'll talk all right, I'm cool with that. You said the key word when you need to don't tell me when I did get something off my chest because Lord, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not, yeah, we're definitely gonna revisit all of this later on. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, the door is always open and you have an open invitation, so this will not be your last time over here, absolutely. All righty. Well, I'm going to let you go. I have held enough of your time. I'm sure you have things to do, places to be, all of that other thing. So I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you so much again. And I'm going to talk to you soon. Absolutely. Likewise. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. See you later, love. Later. Bye. All right, everybody, that was my conversation with Chance J from G-Status ATL Hustle. I'm so excited that I got to have him on the show today because I actually watched him on the come up. I remember him from the come up. And as you heard me say in the interview, I didn't know if it was okay for me to bring that up or not. Um, Because, you know, sometimes I felt like he might have given me Monique Samuels and, and how he didn't want to talk about that other show and how he only wanted to focus on the current and the present. So I wasn't going to bring it up. But the fact that he did bring up that he was on the come up made me feel comfortable enough to ask. So I'm glad that he was comfortable enough to have that conversation with me. Go back and show love to his old situation, even though he expressed that he had to grow through and from that situation and still be respectful to all the other people that were involved even through his honesty and be able to transition into this new chapter of his life on G-Status ATL Hustle with an amount of grace and poise and professionalism that I admire, I respect, and I hope that a lot of other reality stars take on and adapt in the future. Because I think that, you know, it's okay to express negative feelings about a previous situation that you were in, especially when you're in a public environment and you're a public figure, quote unquote. But the way that you do it is what's most important. You can say that you didn't have a good time somewhere, but as long as you, you know, go and do it professionally, I'm not even going to say respectfully because 
that's subjective and people can interpret what's respectful and what's correct and what's proper based on their own feelings about the situation and their sensitivity to the subject at hand. So as long as you go about it in a way that is professional, I think that professionalism can't be debated. So as long as you go about navigating something like that in a professional way, I think that you'll always win. And that's why I believe that Chance J is always going to be a star because he knows how to leave a situation respectfully and not necessarily denigrate everything that helped him get to where he is now even if he did do a surviving gemini films documentary you know speaking about your experience doesn't necessarily mean that you named it surviving gemini films you know what i mean so with that being said i appreciate chance for being here i appreciate all the other guests that are coming on that have been on make sure you guys follow chance make sure you guys watch g-status atl hustle now officially coming to tubi and make sure you look out for all the other interviews that i have coming on because i have some other people from the show coming on i have some people from other reality shows in the same specter coming on and you know the good times are just gonna keep on rolling so with that being said make sure you guys follow chance like i said i'll have the description I'll have the link to his Instagram page in the description of the episode. And make sure you follow me at Sean Ellis Rogers, this podcast at Real Reality Realness. And make sure you check out Talent Group Podcast, where you can find all of the other shows that I'm doing. I have a big announcement about another podcast coming to the network soon that I have been trying to put together for months at this point. You've heard me talk about it before, but I'm not going to bring it up now until it's time for it to come out or until we start working on it. So with that being said, stay tuned for more church announcements in the near future. Now, to close out the show, I'll I'll tell you what I tell you every single day. Make sure you guys be real, stay in reality, and always bring the realness. I am Sean Ellis Rogers. This has been Real Reality Realness. And until next time, love you, bye. Peace.